Welcome to the Uncensored Podcast, where you learn a no BS approach to growing a business built on purpose, authenticity, and integrity. Listen, you won't be getting any icky marketing or sleazy sales tips here. Just my uncensored approach to marketing, messaging, and sales with the leadership mindset you need to build a business that stands out and scales sustainably. I'm Denise Finieri, mom of three and former New York City educator and writing professor turned business coach. Let's get uncensored and get real about what it takes to be successful in today's online game. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. I'm super excited today. I got some really good content strategies to share with you guys in a minute. Um, I really have been thinking about what has moved the needle the most? And listen, coming from somebody who knows the rules of writing, right? This is what I I studied. This is what I've worked with inside of my business is teaching writing for the last 20 years. And knowing the rules of writing, knowing the rules of marketing, knowing that there are certain structures, certain things that really make for good marketing, Then there are times when once you know the rules of something, you can break them. And that's kind of where I want to play with a little bit today with you guys. So some of the things might feel a little unorthodox to you, but I want you to really just sit with it because what I have found, especially amongst, you know, a lot of my clients are coaches, they're service providers, they're therapists, they're, um, doctors who are, you know, transitioning into the coaching field, or they're like social workers who also want to have a coaching program and, what I have found, especially amongst my clients, is because they're so they're so smart, they are so driven. A lot of them are very ambitious. They have multiple, you know, they, they've 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 gone very far in the higher ed world. Is that there's this adherence, there's this like comfort level with knowing what the rules are, and it makes so much sense that you might be one of those people that's like, just give me the handbook, give me the blueprint, tell me what the template, the script is, what what should I, how should I structure the post? How should I, you know, um, write the email? What am I, what am I supposed to say on the webinar when I transition to selling? Right. And there, there's there, I don't want to completely say that those things are not helpful. Those are tools, right? When someone gives you a template, when someone gives you a script or says, here's like, you know, this five point outline for a webinar, those things are helpful, especially if you've never done those things, right? So you, you have no frame of reference. So it can, it can feel very much like I, you need something, right? And especially for my clients, you know, I'm one, I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people. When I went to college, I just was like, tell me what, what, what are the classes? What do I need to get, get the A? And I just did those things and I, and I did very well and I got my degree and I got my scholarships and all that, you know, and so it worked, right? It worked to ask somebody the rules of the game so I could follow them. And then I got rewarded. So we ca- we naturally will carry that belief, we'll carry that mindset into our business because it worked for us in all these other areas of our life. And it can be helpful in business to some degree, and it can also be somewhat destructive to think that there's like this one right way of doing something. So I'm going to share some content strategies with you today, but really the invitation is for you to play, is for you to know that these are these are just Um, these are some really good ways to think about marketing. These are good ways to think about your message and the content that you're creating, but there are no, there's not really like a hard and fast rule of like, this is the one way to grow a business. This is the one way to attract people, 
you know, online, because I can tell you right now, I have been in multiple, multiple programs. I, I, lots of my friends are coaches, business coaches, life coaches, health coaches. And I can tell you right now, looking across the board, there are so, there's like as many ways to grow a business as there are people. There really is. I have seen people be so super successful on Instagram, even just having launched six months ago and they're super successful on Instagram, right? Where I know some people are like, oh, Instagram is dead. My, nothing's getting seen. I still, people are still booking consults, right? Some people are killing it on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where it's at for some of my clients. They're like spending a lot more time on LinkedIn because that's where their people really are. It's where they like to show up. I know some people who've launched YouTube channels and just, you know, the old school belief of like, don't launch a podcast until you've been in business for so long. I know I have clients who've launched a podcast three months in business and they're getting clients from their podcast. So there's really no one right way to grow your business, right? To structure your business. There's no, and I know that this doesn't sound like, um, for some people, this, this may sound like very interesting marketing because a lot of times what you hear people who teach marketing, who teach messaging is that, you know, you have to have one thing that you're known for and, and, and like you, you go all in on that, right? Pick one platform and go all in on that platform. And this is the right platform. And you might hear people who are marketing coaches say like, oh, you have to grow your business on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, you're missing out. Guaranteed they're selling a LinkedIn program, right? Then you have the other coaches like no Instagram growth is where it's at. Guaranteed, they're probably selling some type of Instagram growth program. And it's because it worked for them. It's because it's what they enjoy. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with that, but it can feel very confusing to somebody who's just entering into the market or someone who's in the market and things were working for them. And now that it feels like business has slowed down a little bit, it can feel very confusing about what's my next move? What's your next move? Where should you go? What should you be doing? So I'm going to share some content strategy tips that work across all platforms. Okay. doesn't matter if you're speaking, right? Because your content can take video form. It can take audio form and it can obviously take, um, you know, p- uh, picture, static picture form, right? So you can do videos, live videos, Uh, You can do static posts, emails, right? Written content, blogs, things of that nature. And it works across, um, you know, whether you're speaking in person. So if you're at a live event and you're doing a speaking engagement, right? Your message is what's going to carry through practically everything you do in your business, right? So it's really important that you understand what is the point of messaging and then how do you craft content that compels people to take action, compels people to want to be part of your community, no matter where you're choosing to grow it, compels people to book a call, join your program, sign up to work with you. So I'm going to share just some content things that have worked for me over the past couple of years. And I want to first share some of the shifts that I made in my messaging that really changed the way people responded to my content. Okay. And it led to getting fully booked in my one-on-one and then selling out my group program that is on pause for now, but I had a group program and I sold that out as well. Okay. And the programs were completely different. Who they were for were completely different. How I ran my one-on-one versus my group program, completely different. So how was I so successful, right? It's not because I found the magic offer that was the right offer. It wasn't because I was marketing on Instagram and Facebook. 
right? It was because my message was really clear and I made these shifts in my message. So one of the first shifts that I made in my message was being bold, being more bold in my content, saying the things that I really wanted to say that felt a little bit scary to say, okay? Um, Or saying something that I thought I shouldn't say because I might ruffle some feathers or I might piss off a group of people, right? Or, and this might be you too, like this one comes up a lot, like what will my mentor think? Because I'm disagreeing with my mentor. That comes up a lot. And so I just started really owning my unique ideas, my unique perspectives. And I was willing to be wrong. I was willing for someone to say like they disagreed with me. Once I started to make those shifts in my message, instead of censoring myself, what it did was it made it really clear to somebody whether or not they would make for a really good, we would make for a good pair, right? I was really clear on who I was and what my beliefs are. And that resonated deeply with some people, not everybody, but with the right people. Because I only want to work with people who we're going to be a good match to work together, right? There's no point in having someone come into my program and then they disagree with everything that I'm teaching them because then they won't get the result, right? And that doesn't feel good to me as a coach to have a client coming in and be like completely against everything that I'm teaching, right? They're not going to get the result that they're paying me, uh, they're, that they're paying me for. So being more bold and speaking my truth were some of those shifts that I made. Okay. Um, I like to think of this as the uncensored self, right? We all have an uncensored self, right? That's probably running in the background most of the day, right? So there are things that you think to say, but you stop yourself short of saying it. Or you say it, but you edit it in such a way so that you don't offend anybody. This is really censoring yourself. And instead of thinking about how, you know, you should say it, you can just simply say it uncensored, right? Raw, authentic, okay? And I want to give a caveat. This doesn't mean that you go around and you start sharing things um, that your clients need to hear in a way like to just offend, like for the sake of offending, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what do you believe in? And then can you just simply go say it without editing it so much so that by the time you're done, it's watered down and it's stripped of your voice, okay? Another shift that I made was really speaking to my best client, even if it meant leaving some people out or behind. This this is one of those things that sometimes people are very scared to, I'm going to use the word niche (laughs) for lack of a better word, but kind of niche down and really just speak to a very specific group of people and a very specific type of person in that group of people. And not speaking to other people because you're worried that there won't be enough or that you're leaving people behind or you're leaving people out. Another way that that shows up is thinking about 
all the people that told you no on a console or said your price was too much and then creating content thinking about that person, right? Like I also see people do this with offers. This is a big one. They'll get lots, they'll get some objections about the price of their, you know, their one-on-one offer. And then they'll launch a group program and say, well, I'm going to make it cheaper because I had all these people tell me my one-on-one was too much money. And so they end up creating a program for all the people that told them no versus really thinking about what's a program that all my clients who told me yes could benefit from. It's a far better use of your time. It's a far better messaging strategy is to think about the people who have said yes to you and what are they struggling with? What do they need, right? Versus trying to like recapture all the people who told you no, okay? Another shift that I made was really feeling convicted about my offers and speaking clearly. So I remember when I first, first launched my business back when it wasn't even online and I was just in person, and I had a very strong word of mouth business, I was so convicted about my offers. I just was like, somebody told me that this is something they would love to learn from me. I created the offer. I put it out there. People signed up because I just, I had so much conviction in it that this is going to be so much fun. This is exactly what they need. And I carried a lot of that mentality into the online space. There was a point where I started to question my offers though. (laughs) And when I started questioning my offers, is this the right offer? Is this the right investment point? 100% it impacted my ability to communicate the value of that offer. So I had to either make some changes to my offer or start thinking differently about my offer or do both. So the one shift that really helped was when I really sat down and thought about the value of my offer and got recommitted to my offer and felt convicted about it because it allowed me to speak more clearly about the offer that I was selling. Okay. Another shift is owning my voice and unique ideas. So are you owning your voice in your industry? Doesn't matter what niche you're in. Doesn't matter the industry that you're in, right? Doesn't matter how quote unquote saturated your niche might be. Are you still owning your voice? And sometimes people think that when I say like, what are your unique ideas? What are the unique perspectives that you have about your industry and about your niche? They think that they have to find something that no one has ever said before. And frankly, I think you'd be hard pressed to find that, (laughs) to find something so completely unique that no one has ever said before. And you might, and that's great if you do, and it's authentic to you and you really do believe that, that's amazing. But you do not have to go on this hunt for what's something so fresh and so new that no one has ever said before, because that will come with time, right? Like you don't have to like force that but you do have to own your voice. You have to own your beliefs about your industry, what you see as the potential and the possibility for your clients and own your your process, like what you think is really going to help people. Are you really owning that? And the unique ideas, the unique contributions that you have to your industry and your niche, okay? Another shift is to claim what makes you different from other people in your niche, Okay. Sometimes 
people think again, like kind of like the one before this, I'm not saying that you need to fake it. You need to find what is so different that no one else has ever, ever come up with before. And no one else has ever seen before in your niche. But what I do mean is what does make you different? And it doesn't mean like you have to have like a unique process or a unique way of working with people. Sometimes what can make you different is your personality, right? Like that really could be your differentiator. Maybe you're really loud and humorous and witty and snarky. That's not everybody in the coaching industry. There are a lot of people who are very calm and grounded and there's no humor, right? Or maybe it's like a super a subtle humor, right? Maybe you are grounded and calm and you know, you're not loud and you're more reserved. That is your differentiator. Okay. Does it matter that there's other people that are calm and grounded? That's fine. It still makes you different, right? Your personality could be your differentiator. How you take care of your clients can be your differentiator, right? Sometimes, you know, your differentiator could not, could, could be your offer, right? How many people do you have in your offer versus, you know, if you're running a program that has, you know, five people only in a group program versus a program that has 25 people. And maybe you really just, you work at a deep level with a handful select clients, right? What is your differentiator? What makes you different? And it needs to be something that you really own about yourself, something that you're excited about. Okay. The next shift that I made was to speak to the empowered part of my clients, of my audience. So there's there's something to be said about still highlighting the problem or the quote unquote pain point, as we call it in marketing, that your you know ideal clients are struggling with, right? You still do need to know what is their problem, what is their main pain point that they is a priority for them to solve. But the difference between that. And then like going on and on and on about the pain point is not terribly motivating to people. You really want to speak to the empowered part of the client. So yes, address the pain point, address the problem, state the problem, but also balance that out with speaking to the vision, speaking to the aspiration that that person has and their 100% capability of achieving it, right? We need to remind people in our content that they are capable, that they're more than capable of getting the result that they want. Okay. Another shift is to use the language and words that your clients are using. This one, I don't know why this one I find is to be one of the toughest things to to teach (laughs) and to really help my clients um, capture, (laughs) I'll say it that way. And that's because when you're talking to a client, a lot of times what your, your brain is doing is like, it's taking in what they're saying, but then it's trying to make sense of it for you. Right. Or if you're talking to someone in the online space or you're in a group program and it's full of your ideal clients, you're in a, you're in an online group, like a Facebook group, and you, you're surrounded by your ideal clients all day long and you hear all the things that they're saying and the problems that they're saying, your brain is trying to make sense of that for you. And a lot of times the way it comes back out in your content is you're addressing the root problem because you're the expert. So you know why so many of them have the problem that they have, because this is what you're doing day in and day out. You're working with these clients all the time. But what 
they don't get is the root problem. They're living at the surface level of the problem. They don't understand that it's really something else. You do because you're the expert, you're the coach, you're, you know, that's your niche. But in order to have your ideal clients like feel seen and heard, you have to reflect back to them exactly how they are articulating the problem to themselves. Okay. That's how you get people to feel seen and heard is when you're using the language, you're using the words, you're saying it the way that the client is saying it to you. You're using that in your marketing. Okay. Another, um, shift is to keep the message clear, simple, and direct. Less is really more. I really do believe that. You can be, and you can be a very, you know, prolific writer. I know there are some people who love really long emails and really long social posts, and that's fine, but you still want your content to be clear, simple, and direct rather than trying to be clever or witty. I would also say this is really true for your programs. Like if you're, you know, naming your programs, naming your podcast, naming your YouTube channel, keep it clear, simple, and direct rather than trying to be clever or witty because clever and witty can get, can kind of go over the heads of our clients. But when you're just clear, when you're just, it's just simple and you're being very direct, it lands. It actually, we need what you, we need your words to land, (laughs) right? We need your clients to read something and get it. And when you're trying to be clever and witty, or you're using language that only you, you would use like inside your program, but nobody else knows it's going right over the heads of your ideal clients. Okay. Here's another one that I absolutely love. And that is to repeat, repeat. A lot of people think that repetition is a bad thing. I can't tell you how many times people have brought this to coaching. I feel like I'm repeating myself. And I'm like, yes, that's how you know you're getting it. That's how you know you're nailing your message. That's how you know like what your clients need to hear. And you're just saying it over and over and over again in a million different ways. So you will repeat your concepts. You will repeat your ideas a lot. And when you do, they stick with people. People start to remember that concept you taught them. People start to remember the way you explained something because you keep saying it over and over and over again. And what gets repeated gets remembered. I say that all the time. What gets repeated gets remembered. You want people to remember you. You want people to remember that helpful shift that they got from reading your content. You want people to remember. So repeat, repeat, repeat. Okay. And the last shift is to speak to the results and transformations your audience wants. I made this big mistake (laughs) when I was shifting from in-person to online. I had been doing, you know, coaching programs and I was, you know, running these like workshops and yoga studios and what have you. And when I decided to move my business online, I was selling coaching and I made this mistake of selling coaching. (laughs) I was like, everybody needs a coach, right? It's going to make your life so much better. And that is so true. Like it really is true, but people don't buy coaching, right? People don't buy, you know, EFT tapping. People don't buy 
um, therapy. In a, like they buy those things, of course, but they don't buy them in and of themselves. They buy them, they invest in them because there is some result, there's some transformation, there's something that they're hoping to get out of it, right? When you, when you sign up to work with a therapist, it's because often you want someone to hold space for you so that you can work through some of something that's going on for you in your life, right? When you hire, a you know, someone who does EFT tapping, right? You don't want to just like tap on your meridian lines for the hell of it. It's because there's something that you want to work through. When you hire a coach, you're not just hiring a coach. It's because there are things in your life that you want to have, you want to bring to somebody who's a neutral space in your life so that you can work through those things with somebody. So that's also really important. Okay, so that was a lot of shifts. (laughs) And I'd love to know which one really spoke to you. So I would love to hear from you guys. Feel free to shoot me a DM, a message over on Instagram, like which one, like, are you doing? Which one do you feel like is something you're going to play with this week? And don't forget, next week, I still have another content filled podcast episode. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast, rate it, review it, and share it. All right, my friends, I will see you all next week. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, if you want to fully book business with a community of people you love to serve and the time freedom you crave, you definitely want to coach with me inside one of my programs. But first, you should join my free Facebook group, Simple Sustainable Scaling. Don't worry, I'll link to that in the show notes. And please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps get the show out to more people. And don't forget, get uncensored. I'll see you all next week.